Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning, you're listening to Dirt Radio with Jack and Sam. Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Jack. I'd like to start today by acknowledging that we broadcast live from Wurundjeri land that was not ceded and would like to pay respects to elders past, present and emerging. So, Sam. So, Jack. Today, we're just going to ad-lib it with a bit of a conversation. Yeah, about... we're going to just... Uh... Take it easy and, and you and I get to talk because we're often talking to other people and, you know, it's nearly the end of the year. We've got this show and one more show and then I think we're on a summer break. Summer break indeed. Yeah. Yeah, and we've actually managed to get a bit of summer weather, which is almost... <laughs> two days. Oh, yeah, two days of it, but I mean, better than the none, so... This is true. <laughs> this is true. So, yeah, we thought we'd have a, a little chat today about what has been going on out in real life land for people here in Australia and I guess we could also um, talk about other things happening around the world but you know most importantly I think we decided we wanted to have a chat about the kind of repression that is happening uh, in this country around climate and human rights activism. Yeah off the back of um, last week's verdict of the the prison sentence for Violet. Violet, yeah, Violet, yeah. and and someone, you know, doing some activism that is pretty innocuous, really, mm. and you know, essentially getting put down for. We're saying it's eight months parole and then non-parole, non-parole, and so that's fifteen months sentence fix and fifteen months sentence for essentially expressing an opinion, which mm. is frightening when you say it out loud like that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean. Anyone who is a First Nations person or a person of colour is well aware of the kind of oppression that the police force and governments can mm. mit out in this country. So this is this is nothing new, um, but it is a it, it's a really disturbing trend, and it's definitely a trend. Yeah. So Tasmania introduced. Uh, anti-protest laws specifically around forest activism mm-hmm. and protecting, you know, some of the last remaining Gondwana land <laughs> forests on the planet. How dare they? Yeah, uh, yeah. So I think it's like a in uh, – it's all sort of roughly the same in terms of like 22000 or $20,000 fine and a two-year sentence if you enter the forest and, you know, block – People trying to destroy things. Ouch. Sorry, I'm knocking the studio apart <laughs> as we speak. In rage. In rage. <laughs> My hands are just moving in rage. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Victoria, uh, under Dan's uh, law and order agenda, not only have they put out a similar kind of thing where you can get uh, jail time and a $22,000 fine, I think it is, uh, particularly again around forest activism. 
but it will be used on other things, as we all know. Yeah. Uh, and in New South Wales, they just like you should never go full fash if you live in a country that declares itself a liberal democracy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's like it's a dead give- giveaway, guys. You know. Uh, Mr. Premier Perot, Peru, Perot, Perot. Oh, yeah, I don't the know. The guy with lots of children. Yeah. He is the Premier of New South Wales. <laughs> and you can see how much I care about him. Um, but he came out and said he was very pleased that Violet had, uh, got this sentence and that it was fitting. And for those of you that don't know, Violet Coco, a, a climate activist, uh, blocked one lane of the Sydney Harbour Bridge for about 25 minutes and I think set off an, uh, a flare, a daytime flare, uh, yeah. handheld flare, not, you know, shooting it anywhere, just holding a flare, orange smoke. Climate emergency, something we've all thought about doing <laughs> over the years. And I believe a lot of those flares were actually out and about celebrating the Socceroos in Fed Square uh, last week or over the weekend whenever it was we won yeah. before we lost. Uh, so, yeah, so Violet hasn't done anything that is particularly um, outrageous and certainly hasn't, uh, you know, uh, created any violence or damage and has been sentenced to jail. Of course, this comes on the back of the treatment of Blockade Australia activists Mm -hmm. in New South Wales. So, you know, New South Wales is ripping the mask off and showing its authoritarian, slightly fashy face, uh, one by, you know, spying on people planning um, to protest, a very minority report for people of that generation that understand thought crime punishment. And, yeah, now here we are where a young woman... Uh, who has not been violent, who has never been in trouble with the cops outside of protesting, uh, has suddenly been given this extraordinary jail sentence and and we still don't know what's going to happen with some of the other Blockade Australia people that are in fact still going through, I think, appeals and and court processes in New South Wales. Most notably, you know, Max um, climbed the crane at Port Botany uh, uh, Max was originally given, I think, a six-month or a four-month sentence. Uh, I think they're appealing and, you know, suspended out on bail. Violet has not even been offered bail, right? Yeah. So blocking a road of traffic, which happens regularly. Especially on that bridge. Yeah, and it, <laughs> like cars breaking yeah, down. Or someone leaving their car in the clearway at four o'clock. What's the... Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I mean, this is ridiculous. This is. is like, you know, something you get a parking ticket for. 100%. Or you get your tow card, uh, your, your car towed, but you don't end up uh, having to go to court and jail over it. Yeah. So it's it's not a coincidence that we're in this peak moment where you know, environmental and climate disaster is all around us and upon us. And we've seen that with continuous fires and floods and all the things that have been going on, not just here in Australia, but around the world. Mm. Uh, And yeah, it feels pretty harsh. Uh, Also, of course, in Victoria, we have, you know, uh, Victorian cops are, are... are a different breed, I think. Like, you know, when you travel around the country protesting, you kind of, you see the differences in the police forces, yeah. you know. Um, and, you know, Victorian police um, are really like their weapons. They, they like to use their big 
cans of pepper spray and get their battens out and, you know, do a bit of shovey-shovey push-punching of people whenever they can. Mm. Uh, In between flashing white power symbols, of course, (laughs) (laughs) very important, and wearing blue line, you know, American referencing of we love cops that hate people of colour, basically. Um, So, yeah, this seems like it's been escalating all over the country and uh, here in Victoria after blockade IMARC back in 2019, I think it was, uh, there is now a class action against the Victoria police uh, for their indiscriminate use of OC and pepper spray uh, for crowd control. Uh, And I think they also use pepper spray at the celebrations for the Socceroos on a teenage kid who was at Fed Square celebrating. So I don't know how many times police have to be told, you know, pepper spray is supposed to be something you use when you fear for your life. It's not crowd control. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) um, so they're getting more and more powers. Dan is, you know, we as activists in Victoria have certainly noticed a change in police behaviour. Uh, There's a whole heap of new police, like I think 1,500 new police are being hired. Uh, there's a long history of activism in Melbourne where there was sort of an agreement between the police about how we would communicate with each other at actions Mm -hmm. so that no one got hurt, so there was some sort of order in the processes. That's all gone out the window. The new batch of cops are, are, um, you know, very physical, very hands-on, you know, and I think this is what happens when you get a bunch of right-wing cookers running around uh, pretending to protest over the entire pandemic and not being held accountable for their behaviour in any way. Yeah. Uh, and now it's almost like it's given police in Victoria permission to treat every protester as a criminal, as an enemy, yeah. uh, rather than, than individuals exercising their democratic rights. Once upon a time their job was to just make sure that the protesters were safe from traffic, they were pretty mm. much traffic control. Yeah. Now they've become about oppression and repression. Uh, yeah, only last night uh, a friend of mine who's a member of uh, Friends of the Earth in far north Queensland, Margie, uh, put a, a little Facebook Live up of parking their car to go to a, a rally supporting Violet in Brisbane. And, yeah, they were... Followed by police, uh, parked their car, police got out. When they came back to the car, police had taken, like, protest poles they had strapped on to the top of their – just yeah. taken their property and left a little note saying, hi, we've taken your things. You can go and get them here after 10 p.m. Yeah. So, you know, just messing with people psychologically um, that they know are part of active direct action groups. Uh and this is very much, I think, what the repression is about, which is stopping effective activism. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um, definitely scary to watch that unfold. I know we've mentioned the states here, but this is happening in a few countries that are so-called democratic states. I mean, mm. same with Britain's done a similar thing with, and it's it's the same textbook, right? It's the whole things that are blocking infrastructure things if if you're stopping the economy from moving is Mm. kind of the footnote that they've got to it we're gonna really jump on top of you in a legal sense you know they've legislated against people being able to do anything that in the uk it's the broad term the umbrella term of infrastructure which really essentially can be anything you could probably map that up to infrastructure in any sense or any form of activism you'd be able to prevent it and 
I just think that it sets an unhealthy precedent for, you know, the way that you can have an opinion in this country. Mm. It's interesting. Mm. I was telling you the other week about um, recently doing a citizenship test and they ask in the citizenship test, they've got very standardized questions about how you can voice an opinion in this country. And it's like, yeah, well, while that is true, there's a caveat to this where there's a, you know, you've got to have this unwritten, it's not, overtly stated but there's an under there's a there's an underside that says oh you know check the footnotes and you can only do it in this way in the Mm. terms that we agree with which is not really what speech is about um you know it's not free speech if it's under the guise of these set rules that have to you know if you can only express this much of an opinion so yeah i i think Mm. it's a it's a very unhealthy precedent yeah well i i mean the thing about so-called Australia is we don't have a Bill of Rights. We don't – in Victoria, for Victorian citizen people living in Victoria, there is a charter of human rights. Uh, but as a country, we don't have a Bill of Rights. We don't mm. have guaranteed freedoms. We have implied rights to assemble, to communicate, etc. Yeah. Uh, but we don't actually have anything enshrined. Uh, either in law or in our constitution as a country, uh, which is always pretty disturbing to begin with. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know. Uh, And the other thing is that in Victoria, in Melbourne, uh, you know, part of the history of uh, organising and and movement in Victoria was a very long, hard-fought battle on the streets for the right to assemble Mm. without having to get a permit. Yeah, okay. So this is something that I think is really interesting with the pandemic was the attempt to make people then apply for permits for events in public uh, mm. under the guise of COVID safety. Uh, now, I'm not, sh- I'm not saying that people should organise events and not be COVID safe. It's still freaking out there and people are still vulnerable. Um, however, introducing this idea of a permit, a graded permit system into Victoria for public events has really been in an attempt by the Victorian government to get around the fact that in in Melbourne we fought long and hard to have the right to assemble in protest on the street without a permit. Mm. That is not the same in every place across Australia. Uh, definitely I know that Sydney has this whole permit thing going on all the time for protest and, you know, to me that is sort of the beginning of the slippery slope when people have to apply for a permit mm. to gather, to assemble. Uh, then you you're just open it to bureaucracy. Oh, my the, God. The and it's just a can yeah. of worms, yeah. right? It just becomes a can of worms. And I think the kind of repression that we're now seeing is something that many activists <clears throat> from really going back to the war on terror, um, 9-11 war on terror, uh, mass surveillance, uh, counterterrorism, a lot of the laws that they're now using against activists, uh, like the critical infrastructure laws, mm. were originally designed to be counterterrorism measures uh, if, if there was attack. And, you know, we've seen over and over again in Australia that um, most of the kind of um, terrorism or mass killing events have been... Um, you know, by people that have often had um, long histories of domestic violence, yeah. uh, certain type of character that have used vehicles or, or traditional guns. They're not, 
they're not actually going and you know trying to turn off critic critical infrastructure yeah. although that's not to say they won't we can we just saw what happened in america mm. um in moore county with a bunch of right wingers shooting out electrical stations to stop a drag show going yeah. ahead yeah, yeah, i mean yeah. i just don't even understand there's so many sad sick people in america yeah um we don't want to end up like that. No, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I think this has been coming for a long time in terms of um, state and federal, successive state and federal governments um, really using the guise of counterterrorism uh, to clamp down on civil dissent and protest. Uh, and the irony of us seeing politicians cheering for women in Iran uh, the same way they did about invading Afghanistan and Iraq to free the women and, yeah. you know, to, to just see the discourse uh, when we look outward to other countries and despots and authoritarian regimes and how pro we are for the right for these people to protest, even though many of them are going to end up dead, shot, mm. imprisoned. Same in China at the moment where we're all very pro them having the right to protest for their, their rights and COVID restrictions. But here in Australia, not so much when it comes to trying to protect some of the most precious landscapes uh, left in the world and to also address, you know, the humanitarian crisis that is coming with climate change and climate disaster. So, yeah, I, I think this has been a long time in the making and I, I think that if the governments truly believe imposing these kind of penalties are going to deter people from fighting for their futures, uh, a livable future, then I, I really think they're miscalculating uh, the state of where people are at around this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great point as well, especially about the different countries and looking at different countries and the way they mm. get the plaudits for one and then what they're doing back home. It's quite an interesting irony, isn't it? You know, just... It is wild. Yeah, yeah. Just thinking about it like that. It's crazy. Shall we stop for a, a song and yeah. some CSAs? Yeah, sure. Let's cool. do that and Let's come do back. That. All right. This is Dirt Radio on 3CR.
3CR is about community, and we welcome your participation at the station. 3CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering, doing a reception shift, getting a program on air, training in radio skills, or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at 3CR. To find out more, go to 3cr.org.au and get in touch. You're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR. Sam? Yeah, Jack. How about, with regards to our chat before the break... Yes. um, ...the reaction from NGOs on the left to these laws and the way that they're being implemented? Yeah, I was going to say there are no... Are there no right-wing NGOs or charities? And then I was like, oh, no, the IPA. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, of course there is. Um... Yeah, I I mean, I don't think it's any secret because it was on Twitter um, that there was a lot of people from left-leaning, left NGOs, environmental movement, who really um, did not – were not very supportive of Blockade Australia and their tactics uh, when they did the big Port Botany, which I think if you're looking at it objectively, it was a highly successful uh, series of actions, yeah. uh, you know, like really brilliant activism and and really to the, you know, the action was the message, the message was the action. There was no doubting what was going on mm. there. Um, anyway, obviously Max was jailed, was not given bail, was uh, put through court, is, is I think now appealing and out on bail, but, you know, took a lot of effort. Uh, and, yeah, then uh, we had a lot of NGOs that were uh, people from NGOs who were very publicly criticising or incredibly silent about it. Uh, so I, th- I think now that we're looking at the way uh, states seem to be coordinating anti-protest laws and the kind of repression that people uh, such as Violet are experiencing, and by the way, this has been going on for years, they just haven't been able to manage to jail people so they literally had to change legislation uh to give themselves more capacity to jail activists right uh we need every credentialed mainstream ngo union union movement anyone that considers themselves part of the left whether you agree with the tactic or not whether you agree with the strategy or not is irrelevant at this point um, it really is uh, – if we don't push back now, uh, the, the right to protest is literally going to disappear yeah. at the most crucial point. All they want us to do is walk around the block and chant aimlessly. Any effective intervention by community, any effective activism is on the point of being shut down if there isn't a massive pushback. And, yeah. you know, this is this is happening not just in liberal the liberal state. This is happening in Victoria, supposedly one of the most progressive states in the country. Well, we touched on it last week when we were talking about there's this is a whole would be a whole other episode but there seems to be at times an inability within the left to just show that support or yes. there can be a lot of infighting yeah whereas generally speaking the right has more capacity to say oh we don't agree with this but we can there's more support and yeah that that kind of lack of coordination that lack of support can show sometimes you know it really does yes and, you know the reasons for that would 
as I say, probably an hour-long episode. Oh it's a complex God. thing. Yeah. But yeah. there is, you're quite right, it's just sometimes seems to be a bit of the whole stone-throwing internally and you want the same thing, you yes. know, so it doesn't it's, it doesn't serve anyone. It's not a, um, a, a pissing contest type thing, you know. It's not, exactly. it's not a competition. Exactly. And no one tactical strategy has solved the issues that we have. In fact, everything has gotten worse. So, you know, people that are sort of maybe criticising need to understand that nothing we've done has actually worked at this point. We may have saved a few small pockets, uh, but we have seen the point where the entire planet is now on the brink of having a very, very narrow window uh, to deal with climate change. Uh, so jailing climate activists is the exact opposite of what yeah. we need right now. We need yeah. more people <laughs> actually being <laughs> taking effective action, you know. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> oh, we have this problem and these people care about the problem. Let's put them Jail them. Yeah. Yeah, Let's make just, it so no one can see them. Put uh, them away. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I and mean, it speaks to the power of the mining and the fossil fuel lobby uh, around the world. I think it's really also important to note that while the jailing of Violet and other activists is, you know, uh, a, a very scary thing and development in this country, uh, around the world there's been in the last, you know, 12 months over 200 uh, environmental protectors and defenders murdered in other countries, yeah. uh, mainly South America, Southeast Asia and Africa, as opposed to, you know, Western liberal northern countries, mainly in the global south. And these are people that are absolutely on the front line fighting to protect their water, their land, their communities. Um, that's nearly four people a week that are dying trying to defend the environment. We need to start protecting and supporting these people and take it really seriously. Yeah, 100%. We're we, out of time. Yeah, we are. It's been a good chat. It's been yeah. nice, to, nice to talk oh, to you. Oh, I know, so. rather than we're always talking to someone else. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Well, well one we, more show for the year next that's week. It, Tune that's in. It. Tune in. We might chat more. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, this is Jack and Sam, Dirt Radio, 3CR. Speak to you next week. Little ditty about Jack to read.